the, the juniors and seniors in high school, they, they don't see any possibilities. Like we've blinded them to what's actually out there. And then, you know, halfway through CEO, or I'm sure in your program too, all of a sudden now they're overwhelmed with so many possibilities and they, we just have blinders on. I, I, I would say like 25% of the students at our local high school are proud to say, I'm going to be a doctor. 10% maybe, like you said, will make it all the way through or make it to med school. And then the next third of kids, like school's sort of their thing. They survive, you know, they're, they're an AB student. And then the last half, the last third, they're not good at school. So they think they're losers. They think, there's, they think they're stupid. They think they're not going to be successful. They don't even want to think about, you know, what's coming after high school. And that just breaks, breaks my heart. Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Start Ed Up podcast, a member of the Education Podcast Network. Today, we have on guest Tyler Gerking, actually one of his former students as well, Emily. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about his CEO program that he has. He's located in Wilmar, Minnesota. Actually, this was one of the most fun and unique conversations we had. It was really conversational. I kind of gave him a hard time for not being a Prince fan living in Minnesota. Come on, man. Uh, but we settle right in on some of the things they do with their CEO program. What I love is is that one of his students stops in, like I said earlier, Emily, and she kind of gave proof of what it did for her and talks a little bit about some of the things that went on there in class. So I know you're going to love this episode. Uh, if you want to hear about authentic stories and where we're headed, this is one of the things that uh, I love about this podcast. This is why we have people on like Tyler. Also, again, shameless plug, if you go to our Facebook page, this is kind of where we're getting acquainted to a lot of these people. People are giving me suggestions on who should ha- I should have on next. And that is where I discovered Tyler as well. All right. So without further ado, Tyler Gerking. Well, speaking of fascinating, I'm going to start off this podcast. Yeah. We've been talking earlier about our musical influences and Somehow, some way, Tyler lives in Minnesota and is not a Prince fan. Despite that, I'm going to start off this podcast by welcoming him to the show. <laughs> Thank Tyler, you. how you doing, um, sir? I'm great, man. How are you? You know, I, I think one of the... Uh, first of all, I didn't say Tyler Gerking, correct? Yes. Okay. It's, not, it's not a J, which has gotten me in trouble before. But yes. Well, yeah. What are you going to do? No, I... I uh, I enjoyed the candor before we started recording, but I'm still trying to get past that somebody from Minnesota doesn't own any Prince albums. Aside from that, I dig the fact that you're doing cool things in the classroom. And one of the things that I've thoroughly loved doing here in the start of 2018 is connecting with people like you. And then wisely, you have brought on a former student. And we're going to talk about some of the insanity that goes on in your classroom, okay? Yes, perfect. Let's light that candle. Tyler Gerking. Explain to me what you guys do there in Minnesota. Sure. So in our community here, we have a program that's called CEO. And it's all actually originated just about two hours away from where you are. And uh, it stands for Creating Entrepreneurial Opportunities. And this class is for juniors and seniors in high school. And we actually pull from three different high schools. And we meet Monday through Friday, 90 minutes every morning, early in the morning, 7.15 to 8.45 all school year long. So we have roughly 165 class days and we will never meet at a school. So we always meet at a different business and 80 of those days will be on actual business tours. So we'll see businesses from a, you know, one person marketing company and, and we're hearing from that person, not at their house, but usually in a co-working space to, you know, the largest employer in our area, which is Jenny O Turkey store. And you've probably had a Turkey that they processed and grew before. Sure. 
So uh, everything in between, and it is what I would call project-based learning on steroids, where we don't have tests, we don't have quizzes. The students learn from those industry experts. I don't actually teach anything. So when people ask me what I do, I say teacher just so they have a concept of how I get, who pays me and kind of what I do, but really I don't teach anything. Um, we rely on industry experts and those 80 businesses to do that. And students eventually, the second half of the year after a couple of projects that we uh, start out kind of helping them start, they start and run their own business. So they have about five months where they, they raise some money locally here on their own with one of our projects. They have to do it all. And that dinner that they, that they host is actually two days from now. And then that money, that profit is made available to them as starting capital to launch a business. So they work with accountants, attorneys, insurance people, bankers to develop a business plan, launch that product uh, or service, and then we showcase it at the end. So it's, it's very, very cool. And I would say that everything the kids learn in this class is valuable regardless of what they end up doing, whether they're an entrepreneur or not because we teach them kind of all of the soft skills as they're called in air quotes that yeah. they're, that they're supposed to know between they're supposed to learn organically between 18 and 25 <laughs> and we compress it into a year. So it's painful, but yeah. I, I sadistically enjoy most. So of just let me, let me go back a little ways. So you guys, like, how do you get around this much? Is this by bus? Is this by everybody meet up? Is it by, how do you guys get to this many places? Sure. So, that is one of our barriers to entry is that the students have to be able to provide their own transportation. So whether that's carpooling, well, some of our students drive, you know, 45 minutes one way to wherever we're meeting and they'll, they'll car carpool from, you know, the same high school. Um, and the only requirements really to get in the program is, is being able to provide your own transportation and then, uh, you know, being there every day. We have no GPA requirements. We have nothing like that because we're not after those kids, if that makes sense. A 4.0 kids struggle more in this class than any other class they'll ever take. So that is, yeah, well, you also didn't mention my snowmobile. Um, sorry, True. Minnesota True. joke. Like no, that. I mean, I, I was just like, it kind of going in my, like my teacher brain was going off. I'm like, wow, the logistics of that are, 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 are tough. Um, but what I love, love, love hearing is that you guys are out visiting in their natural habitat, so to speak. Um, I, I get, I get it. Like we have um, a lot of people have people come into the classroom and they have, I don't want to call it career day, but you know, they have people come into the, to the classroom and that's cool. Um, but what I love is, is when other people, you can go and see different environments. I, heck, I'm not going to make this about me, but I, one of the things I truly valued when I was a kid is that my, we traveled. My right. dad was a teacher. My mom was a stay at home mom. And so we would leave for a summer and I just loved going to seeing different pockets of the United States. Cause I see how different, you know, how they did things and how they communicated. I can only imagine how awesome that would be to almost compare and contrast some of the different work environments. Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to turn to your, your student to your left and guess yep. it's left because there's nothing like adding visuals to a podcast. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to ask your student to your left and, and introduce yourself uh, for audience. But what are some of the things that you've taken away by visiting and seeing the work environments? Yeah. Um, my name is Emily and I was in the first CEO class that was ever provided and available in our community. 
And honestly, like hands down, it was a career jump starter. I was always the kid in the classroom that was asking like, why do I have to learn this? Why do I need this? Like, how is this going to better me as a student? And I was never the teacher's pet, um, always. And so when I was sitting in lunch one day, Tyler came up to me and he's like, hey, our school's getting this class and you need to apply. Like, this is totally for you. And I kind of looked at it and I was like, no, you have to get up early. Like there's a lot of like requirements for this class as far as like you have to dress up every day. You have to be professional. And I was like, I'm a high school student. Like just let me be a high school student. But the things that you learn in the class, I mean, you're learning from the CEOs of all these businesses. And like he said, you know, you're touring businesses or hearing from business owners that are maybe a one person team all the way up to a multi like multi-thousand team so I mean you're learning from all sorts of different businesses and learning different skill sets too and what what caused them pain but what also projected them and into the company that they are today right and and I'll add to that you know kind of more of your question Don was what what's the difference when uh, bringing the world to your kids in the classroom than it is the difference between then bringing your students to the world and it's a massive difference because, you know, you may decide you want to be an accountant or maybe that's been decided for you or you're not sure. So you just grasp at something, which is what most high school juniors and seniors do because they want an answer to all the questions. And then you happen to, you know, we have three accounting firms that are investors in our program. And I should add that our program is 100% paid for by these local businesses. Our schools pay nothing. The businesses actually own it all. Uh, and which is a cool factor, but they now get to see the difference in cultures because being in one accounting firm is totally different than being in the other and how powerful that is uh, actually getting to walk through there and see a very like West coast Silicon Valley feel when there's a beer fridge and there's pets on the floor and everyone's in sweatpants and has a Nerf gun to then walking through a bank, you know, you decide what you like and what you don't like. And that's, I love seeing their reactions to that sort of stuff. Yeah, I like that. Uh, one of the things that, that Emily had talked about, first of all, I like that there's that many barrier entries. I like the fact that you have like high expectations. You have to dress professionally and all this other stuff. That's just, that's just a great idea. I love it. Um, but also kind of reiterating the fact that you are seeing these kind of things. Uh, yeah, you're kind of adding to what's out there and, and what like, I, I'm, I'm assuming it's going to affect your own classroom environment. You've kind of shaped things accordingly. Uh, for, for Emily or just your classroom or do you have a classroom or do you, or do you use always this nomadic? Well, uh, the class that I, this is the only class that I, that I officially teach every day. And then I'm the, the technology integrationist at the high school afterwards. And so, um, I went from a full-time teacher and then one day my, my principal, uh, invited me to, you know, lunch one day and said, Hey, uh, you are you are, are uh, needed with your nerd skills and your laptop to record this guy talking about some new program. And uh, so I came to lunch and it was a whole bunch of business people and some education people and this guy, Craig Limbaugh, who's one of my idols, that's from Effingham, Illinois, was talking about this program. And I kind of like tuned him out because it was fantasy football playoffs and I was doing research and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, um, halfway through that meeting, it kind of got quiet. I look up, wasn't paying attention. My superintendent's like pointing right at me. 
and says, you know, smiling. And I nod and go, uh-huh. And I kind of wave because I didn't know what to say. And that was me agreeing to give up my full-time teaching job for this half-time job that I knew nothing about. So I kind of had to scramble to find another profession on top of that. But it's totally, like you said, revolutionized my view of education. I, I did not do this. This was gift wrapped and given to me. I was an average teacher at best. And all of a sudden I was just given an environment to learn and time to think. And now when I see what my kids become at the end of the year or even a month in, I just don't believe there's any other way to actually educate or have an educational experience outside of the class that you teach programs like ours. It's just, it's, it's the only way because it's natural. Yeah. I, it's similar paths there. Uh, you know, when I kind of started my class, I mean, I think I've said it 10,000 times, you know, it was after watching a Daniel Pink video and shockingly when they allowed me to have this class, I did, I, I became a better teacher just because, well, like my metaphor of me traveling, I became a better person because I experienced more. I was influenced by more. And yeah, I mean, you know, I'm sure by you guys going and visiting workplaces that are awesome helps. My other question though is, is that you guys visit a lot of CEOs. Do you guys ever um, visit the solo entrepreneur or the young startup? Absolutely. Yeah, we have a few people around here that are you know, they're in the struggle phase. They're kind of in, in the tough spot where they're trying to build something or they're, you know, trying to raise money. Um, actually had a couple of former graduates of our local high school that, you know, were in a series B where they're, they're, they're raising money for this massive healthcare device. And, um, so it's sharing that, you know, struggle of basically living on the road, trying to raise money all the time, you know, and then also having someone that's, like I said, a one person marketing company, that's struggling to, you know, establish themselves, establish the fact that they are an expert. What does that even mean? Um, and and uh, so it is, it's, you can't just tour the big companies while they're cool to go through. The kids need to be able to connect where they are to where, you know, the next step is. And it's almost impossible when you walk through a company that's been around a hundred years, you know, like Emily said, has 2000 employees. How can they really connect with that? Um, it's just, it's not possible. So we need to run, you know, run the gamut of every single size, every stage. No, I think that's so cool. I, I love that. I'm just, I'm just impressed by the, the scope and how many different places you visit. And then again, I mean, the hard part is you have to kind of find your own transportation, which I'm sure can be difficult. Um, but I also see that as a benefit that like, there's a cost of membership kind of thing. Like, um, you know, I found out time and time again, when you make things too cheap, it's treated cheap. Or as my grand, or as my grandpa used to say, you, no one washes a rental car. Um, same, same kind of, same kind of thing here. So Emily, um, when you went through the whole process, what is, what is the single greatest takeaway? I I shouldn't say single greatest. What is the biggest takeaway that you've gotten out of being able to take a class like this and how did it, um, affect you down the road? I honestly think you just asked the hardest life question I have ever been asked before. Um, but what what is the meaning of life, Emily? <laughs> no, honestly, like pinning down one key thing that was like a huge takeaway for me is a that's like a really hard question to ask when you're talking about the CEO class. But if I had to choose one, the first thing that comes to my mind was like responsibility and 
learning that if I don't make things happen, if I don't implement things and kind of create something of something, it's not going to happen. And all that responsibility falls back on me. If I don't get assignments done for this class, if I don't write up my business plan or I don't meet with my mentor, that's on me. That's my fault. I have no one else to blame. And I think that was a huge takeaway when we were visiting the businesses too, is that without each key person at those businesses, whether it's, you know, the accountant or whatever position they were, they all play a crucial role at that business. And that was definitely an eye-opening experience for us as students was that if you don't, if you don't pull your own weight, nothing's going to happen and the responsibility all falls on you. Well, what about Emily? Just, uh, you know, you were telling me the end of your senior year when you were still in CEO that, you know, Hey, I'm going to college. I'm going here. I'm going to this four-year college. And I could tell that you were just not that into it. And, um, why don't you let us know what you did? Yeah. So during my senior year, I hadn't visited one college and I knew time was ticking. It was like two months away from graduation. I had absolutely no plans of attending college and I knew I had to attend college because that's what everyone does, right? So I Don't went- get me started, Emily. Don't <laughs> get me started, Emily. And so I finally, I was like, whatever, I'll just go online. I'll get this. I'll get my degree quick because I want to get it. And then just start, start making a difference, start getting a paycheck. And so I did classes online for a couple months. And finally, I decided that I wasn't learning what I thought I was going to be learning. And I was actually blessed to get my college paid for. So I wasn't, I didn't like having any skin in the game barely. And I was still attending all my classes. I was doing really well at them, but I wasn't learning what I thought I was going to. I was going for marketing and business. And finally, one day I just dropped out and I didn't tell anybody. Especially her mom. She did no, not tell her mom. I didn't, Don. like, I literally did not tell a single person I dropped out. And one, it was probably two months after I dropped out. Finally, a lady at church asked me, she was like, Hey, so how is school going? I know you're online. And I was like, this is the perfect opportunity. My mom's right next to me. She can't get mad at me if I tell her I dropped out at church. Person, sure. Right. So I said like, <laughs> actually I dropped out and you know, I have five jobs right now. Uh, I, first of all, I'm surprised that you didn't wore, like wordsmith that and you're like, okay, I've stepped away a little bit to <laughs> reflect on me or I'm no. pursuing other opportunities. You used the word dropped out, Emily. Yeah, I just, Ouch. I just, I just straight up said it. because You was just like, pulled the bandaid off. Yeah. Right. And I mean, the look on the lady's face was like, oh my gosh, like this, she's like, she's going to be like on the streets, like in in a week or two. And my mom just sat there silently. Her eyes opened a little wider, but I mean, it was, everyone was shocked because like in my family, everyone goes to college. And if you don't go to college or if you don't have a degree, like everyone knows you don't have a degree and like, that's really bad. And so actually my two older brothers both went to college and they are like three or four credits away from graduating and they both dropped out to start a business and they're doing really well. And so I was like, well, if they can do it, I can do it. And so, so your mom's in therapy now. <laughs> Mama, Mama has three dropouts. Mom has three dropouts when she expected us to be like doctors <laughs> and lawyers. <laughs> and so what are they doing? What are you doing now? Like, what are they doing? Yeah. So my brothers started a marketing company and that's what they do. And they kind of started it together after they realized that college wasn't for them. And I 
from the day one that they started it, I realized that they were creating a life that they wanted. Like they were living in places that people vacationed to and they were creating their own hours and just everything about their experience. I was like, that I want that to be me. And so that's why I went to college for marketing. Cause I was like, you know, like if they're doing marketing and their life is just so great, I have to go to college and get this. So that's why I went and dropped out. And then a couple weeks later, after I dropped out, one of my mentors through CEO. So through the program that I attended in, in high school, my mentor called me and she said like, Hey, I know we've only talked like three times, but I think you'd be a really good a really great asset to my company. And I want you to work for me doing marketing. And I know you don't have a degree and I know you don't have any experience, but I will teach you. I will send you to conferences. I just, I want you on my team. So I was like, okay. I, I, I'm, I was like 17 at that point. I was like, I don't know how to have a big girl job. Like what? And so I signed the papers, had no idea what I was getting myself into, like filled out my first like I nine and W Twos that was a really good guess. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, like whatever good. those things are, like yeah. I, I, I signed papers. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I was just talking and I, I have agreed to never say the name of the company because he's like, ah, we don't really want to talk about it too much. But um, they are now preferably hiring people out of high school, but with marketing backgrounds. Because right now you can take some really cool online classes. I mean, look, if you understand data and analytics, like you're good. And so you don't have to take a philosophy class to do that. And so he says, you know, honestly, we have preferred to teach and train a 18 year old kid that's hungry because the 22 year old kid, the only thing on his mind was immediately starting to pay back his college loans. And they said they weren't as moldable. And they also kind of came with an attitude of, you know, I've, I've gone to a prestigious university. Um, and he's like, you know, we're not seeing the, the, uh, like, we're not seeing a benefit by them going now, again, this is where people, this is where I get emails and like, Don, you know, I, I understand college, especially at the medical and engineering levels, but like you're saying like at an engineering and marketing level, I'm sorry, at, at a marketing level, uh, it, it is, you, you can be self-taught. You can be, um, find mentors. Uh, that's one of the things I liked, you know, when Tyler reached out, like you guys are meeting mentors, and and half the time I talk to people, will be like, well, in college, it's, it's like, it's not what you know, it's who you know. I'm like, do you think you can know people at age 17? Absolutely, you can. And and quite frankly, they have an advantage over the 22-year-old. Correct. Like, the people's jaws are on the ground. They're like, this kid is doing what? And he's 17? At 22, you're expected. At 17, you're just awesome. Yes. And I I might get some some hated emails on this one, but... Sometimes I have kids that say to me, gosh, I don't know if I can do CEA because I'm or CEO because I'm really, I want to be in student council and I want to do this thing and, you know, this thing in National Honor Society because I really want to build my resume. And I look at them and I say, do you realize that like everyone in their mom was in student council? And the only people that actually are on student council are the ones that just happen to run for it. If you write that you started a business at 16 that you still write running now, they're going to say, wow, that that is a, a definitely you know a separator from the group. But but they could have but they could have picked a great theme for prom. <laughs> 
the theme this year could have been hold on to the night. Um, no, I know. I just like, it's crazy to me. And, and the thing is, and, and, and here's where I kind of empathize with Emily um, is that a lot of people, heck, this is one of the things that I like when Gary says, you know, there's like, there's hard and there's fake hard. He says a lot of times you think that living up to your parents' expectations is hard, but it's fake hard ultimately. And, and this is kind of where I get into myself some trouble too, is that, you know, I, I will every now and then get a student that reconsiders college. And then from time to time, I'll get a parent that's mad at me. And I'm, I'm like, okay, you know, why? Like, well, there's safety in college. You know, I'll get out the data. You can right. never take away your degree. And, 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 and my answer is, well, according to these data, you know, according to the statistics I have, yes, you can. <laughs> when, when, when your degree is worth, uh, look, First of all, the statistics are alarming on the amount of people that go a couple of years and then don't finish and then don't have any prospects. So at least Emily, when you left, you had prospects. There's a lot of people. And and this is, uh, this is not me talking. This is Peter Thiel. He was talking about the fact that I think it was like something crazy, like 90% of people that go into pre-med don't finish. And then what happens to them? Sometimes there's like, they didn't go on to medical school, but the true cost, and this is what he was talking about. He's like, the true cost is the people that are going into med are less and less because of the, A, our tax rates are high. B, the medical school now is unreal. You, the debt on that is fantastic. And then, and then liability insurance. So the average person in med doesn't make what they feel like they should. And this is a societal cost. And so when I talk to some of these parents, I'm like, hey, you're signing up your son or daughter for a lot of debt and not necessarily a guaranteed job. Like I'm 45. Like I love, and for the record, I love college. And if you can afford to go, seriously, go. If mom and dad are going to pay for it, go. It's just a great life experience. But if you're talking about a return on an investment, we have to start asking some questions. And I think that starts with colleges. I'm not, I'm not exactly happy. You know, a lot of colleges now are resorts, and, and don't get me wrong, it's fun. I, I I'd like it. I like a rock climbing wall, like the uh, like the next guy. Um, but if all of a sudden you're you're straddled with a hundred thousand plus debt, and you are going to be working at retail, um, that's that's an issue that I think that more people need to look at. And and honestly, Emily, I applaud you for having the courage to say, mom, I'm not trying to, and you're not disappointing her. You're like, I'm I'm going to pursue a different opportunity and uh, hats off to that. And, and, and in some ways, Tyler, I'm sure that exposing your students to these different kind of cultures and different kind of work environments probably helped shape Emily's opinion back then. And, and I, for one, dig that. You know, I, if at least, if, if every single junior and senior that, anticipates being college bound for whatever reason. All I ask of them is just, I want you to think about it for five minutes. Let's really get down to why you are, why you think this is your path. And then I really want you to think about what if I didn't just for five minutes, just give me five minutes. If they make a conscious decision and, and it's because they want to, or because they, you know, if they have a free ride or they, they know exactly what they want to do because they're going to go do themselves, whatever that is. I love accounting. I want to be an accountant. I, I love medical. I want to go, go do you know something in medical. But when it's, when I ask them, what are you going to do when you're older? They're like, Oh, well, I, I'm going to this college. And I say, that's not a destination. You know, that's, what do you want to do? And they honestly, Don, I don't think the majority of students even 
like consciously think about it for more than five minutes. I think it's just an expectation. It is because we've always done it that way. And, and getting out of that mindset is, is what I'm trying to do. Heck, I, I'm not sure how much you listen to my podcast, but this Monday I, I was kind of railing because I was talking to some people and they were very upset that their school didn't do well on the state standardized tests. And I'm like, wait a second, a couple weeks ago, you were saying how proud you were that your school didn't teach to the test. <laughs> right. And they're like, well, yeah, but the scores went down. What the literal heck, man. Like you can't have it both ways. If you're proud that your school doesn't teach the test, by definition, scores are going to go down a little bit. Why? Because you're not teaching to the test. And if you are proud of the fact that they pursue, you know, innovation, creativity, things that are a little bit more relevant than making people cram and memorize things for 48 hours, then you need to take that into consideration. So, I, you know, this whole I'm a disappointment if I don't go to college is the big lie. It is the big lie. And the thing that breaks my heart is we don't actually give them a chance. When I say we, I say K-12 public education, general. The, the juniors and seniors in high school, they, they don't see any possibilities. Like we've blinded them to what's actually out there. And then, you know, halfway through CEO, or I'm sure in your program too, all of a sudden now they're overwhelmed with so many possibilities. And they, we just have blinders on. I, I, I would say like 25% of the students at our local high school are proud to say, I'm going to be a doctor. 10% maybe, like you said, will make it all the way through or make it to med school. And then the next third of kids, like school's sort of their thing, they survive, you know, they're, they're an A, B student. And then the last half, the last third, they're not good at school, so they think they're losers, they think, there's, they think they're stupid, they think they're not going to be successful, they don't even wanna think about you know, what's coming after high school. And yeah. that just breaks, breaks my heart. Well, and what breaks my heart is the ones that feel like they've done it the right way. Um, that at the end of the rope, some of them are left with, wait a second, I did it the right way. I was a good boy. I was a good girl. I didn't make any, I didn't make a scene. I never got in trouble. I was very compliant. And, and um, I got my degree in, I'm not going to make fun of a major, but I got a degree in that's not in demand. And I did it the right way. And what's waiting for me? You promised. Right. You know, I've got all this debt. What the heck happened? And I, I feel just as sorry for them. That's Um, a good point. It's, 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 you know, and and again, unless, you know, and again, Hey, if you get a scholarship, man, go, those those are four fun years. Yes. Uh, But if, if you're going to be on the, because one parent that I was talking to, I was like, well, I mean, what is your, you know, (laughs) I basically said, you know, how much are you contributing? Oh, it's all on him. Well, wait, you're disappointed in your son and you're not, and you're not contributing any of it. He's going to pay for it all himself. Um, hmm. <laughs> Easy for you to say. Um, and I wasn't going to try to get snarky, but I'm like, look, if we're <laughs> actually, I made a really poignant comment at a conference not too long ago and I hope I didn't offend. Well, actually, I don't really care, but I said, <laughs> look, I said, I said, look, if, 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 if our point in education is to prepare them for the future, um, take a look at what we're doing right now. Because if we set them up to have skyrocketing debt, uh, limited or underemployment, um, and a lot of dependency, and, and by the way, you can't get out of college loan debt. You're just not. Um, right. n- gee, all, this de- all the new data on the fact that uh, 20-somethings are more anxious and more clinically depressed than ever, 
Mm, I wonder if we're contributing to that. And I don't think that we're, and again, I don't think we're doing it deliberately. I, I just, that is why I like a conversation. Heck, this is the reason why I do this podcast. I just want a nice civil conversation on saying, can we re-examine on what we do and why we do it? Right. You know, like I, I literally like just to go into a, a school and go, okay, what is the purpose of us doing it? What, what are we doing here? And instinctively they'll say, well, to prepare them for the future. Okay. That's, that's cool. That's cool. Show me things here that are preparing them for the future. And there's this awkward pause. Right. <laughs> and I'm, <sighs> Wouldn't it be logical if you're you know, preparing, for, preparing them for the future or, you know, I've heard a lot too, is we're preparing them for the real world. And I say, okay, uh, I don't see the real world anywhere. You're telling the kids to, you know, I don't want to see your phone in this class. I don't want to see this out. Uh, you are eliminating the variables that make the real world real. And in doing so, you are limiting their opportunities to learn skills that will actually make them successful when they hit the real world. And by the way, if you're, if you're training for the real world, you better bring some of that real world to them or bring them to the real world so they can at least see it. Because I, I just talked to, I just interviewed a, a 25 year old two weeks ago. And so she was in 13 years of K-12 school. She was in four years of, of college. She got a degree. She couldn't remember what her degree was in, by the way. It was, she's 25. So she must have really had fun in college. Anyway, uh, she was 25 and she had no idea. We boiled it down to she had no idea what she likes, what she's into, what she doesn't like. And she was in, she was in education for 17 years and she didn't know what was out there and really anything about herself. How could you possibly be successful? Yeah. Some, yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's funny you say that because I literally, every time I have this conversation with my former students, the, the best piece of advice they, they give to me after the innovation class is over is they go, please make sure some of the students either find a way or whittle down on what they truly enjoy. Because, right. you know, it, it, the, th the people that do things, like there's certain things you have to do because you just have to, I get that. But, you know, when you go off and spend that much money to find yourself, um, if you still don't find yourself, boy, that's disappointing. So uh, again, the more, the more I can offer a high school student or a middle school student right now to try things, even if you like try something and don't like it, I cannot tell you how many kids that I've had that they were going to be a coder because they heard their dad said there's going to be jobs in coding. They try coding for two weeks and they're like, I don't like this. Oh my gosh, what a blessing that you found out that you don't like it. So That's let's, yeah, like, let's not do that anymore. And, and, um, and again, just before people are going to press send on their email, I'm not saying once again, that, you know, by going to college to find yourself isn't a bad thing. It's not, but if you cannot afford it, you might want to re-examine that and you might want to offer some ch opportunities for some kids right now in elementary, middle and high school of discovery through trial and error before they go off and it costs a lot more money. Give them a safe place to fail now. Right. I, I even, I gave this advice to someone and I'm not going to say the name because I don't want this coming back to me, but they said, you know, I'm, I just finished my freshman year. I don't think I'm getting anything out of it, but I have so many good friends. Like I, I don't want to leave, but I, there's this cool company that I, that I've gotten to know that. And I said, 
why don't you just live with your friends in the house? You can still do the college thing on Fridays and Saturdays and sometimes Tuesdays when it's karaoke, but like you can can work and try stuff and still live. (laughs) Yeah. That's funny. You say that I was, I had a former student that said he was his own startup and on the weekends he'd go visit his friends in college and, you know, try to have his cake and eat too. When he was having some weekend um, fun and, and, and yet when he had to, you know, the Monday through Friday thing, he was always hitting it back at home. So, right. well, Emily and Tyler, um, despite your lack of Prince knowledge, I have enjoyed this immensely. Um, fun. Very fun. Yes. Well, it's fun. Like I, like I enjoy, I, one, I just love a good conversation. And obviously that is what this has turned into because we, we definitely hit the basics of your class. We definitely hit it all in the wonderfulness. And then we, we, we got sidetracked with, with soapbox. So at 5'8", I need a soapbox. Anyway, um, yeah, so tell everybody, everybody's all riled up. They love the fact that you started this class. They love, they, they now have questions for you because they're like, how in the heck do you get all these kids in all these places? So tell everybody where they can find you. Sure. So they can find me at, uh, oh boy, which email should I pick on? I think I'm going to say. Let's go with Twitter. Let's go with Twitter. Okay. I'm a big fan um, of that. You can, you can find me um, at Tyler Gerking and it's just at T-Y-L-E-R-G-E-H-R-K-I-N-G. Emily, you want to, you want to step in there or you just want to remain anonymous? I don't have Twitter, so. She's so young. Um, I, I have Twitter, <sighs> no. But I guarantee you she has an Instagram. I do have an Instagram and there it's you just go. my name. It's Emily Shermack and that's spelled E-M-I-L-Y-C-H. E-R-M-A-K. There you go. All right, Tyler, Emily, it has been a pleasure. It has been way too much fun and continued success. I love the fact that you're doing this and I love all the different things you have them go through. And and Emily, I'm honored and enjoyed that you wanted to share your experience because otherwise we just think that Tyler's lying. So (laughs) (laughs) anyway. Take care. Keep doing what you're doing. (laughs) All right, man. Thanks so much, guys. All right, again, big thanks to Tyler for being on, as well as Emily. Uh, As I said at the top of the show, if you guys want to give us some suggestions on some teachers that are doing some amazing things in the classroom, go to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash startedup. Also, if you have an introduction to somebody that's in the entrepreneurial or author realm, we'd like suggestions on that as well, whether you can give an intro or not, uh, because we like to, you know, feature the voices of people that are talking about interesting and relevant things moving forward. Other than that, this is Don Wetrick reminding you that opportunities are everywhere. We'll see ya.